Welcome to Cupify This, the show geared towards understanding why people behave the way they do and what we can do to get our needs met. When our cups are full or filling, we have a strong sense of well-being. When they are emptying, we are driven to choose behaviours to fill them. In this show, we aim to cupify life. We're going to explore big ideas, current events and life in general using the lens of the Phoenix Cups. Hey, welcome back everyone. Episode 18. 18. Hmm. And a super quirky and yeah. fun one. Yeah, yeah. We read something and we're like, let's cupify that. Yeah, yeah. That'll be fantastic. That's what this is supposed to be all about, right? Cupifying yeah. things. It was going to be called Mouse Utopia, but it resulted in Mouse Apocalypse, which we mm. thought was a more fun <laughs> title. Well, I thought it was. Yeah. So we are drawing some parallels from some mouse research and uh, this it, it was a research that uh, IFL website reported on, which is cool. So you can look it up. We'll pop the link on our uh, on the comments on Facebook and social media and stuff. But it is, uh, it's called Universe 25, the mouse utopia experiment that turned into an apocalypse. Yeah. And we were really interested in, you know, what does this mean for if we cupify this for humans? And yeah. We can even cup a fight for what was going on for different needs for the mice. Yeah. But uh, we, it's easy to translate how you'd think about this in human terms as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Which, was, just, which is really fun to do, it actually. Is, it, is, it is just a bit of fun to think about and to wonder. So the gist of the experiment. They created a mouse utopia, essentially. This was in the 70s. So they created this area that was completely set up to, to meet all the needs, essentially, of the mice. So there'll be no threats. There's abundance of food, there's abundance of space, there's society, there's health. They only included the healthiest of mice. Everything was catered for. Anything that they could possibly need to survive with zero threats at all. Mm. Yeah, and and so they threw in a handful of them to start with and then watched the uh, population essentially explode and uh, and they really uh, populated fast and filled up the space. No, they didn't actually fill it because the the population density was allowing enough space and food to reach. This sorry, this is my Three, town planning. Yeah, yeah. Town planning brain coming back <laughs> it in. Is, isn't yeah. it? Three thousand. Yes. Yeah, three thousand was the that the the space could handle. But they only got to two thousand two hundred before they wiped themselves out. Yeah. <laughs> So all the carb, it's exciting to me. <laughs> so they had this some um, constant supply of food in this through these tunnels, so they would never run out of food. Nesting spaces and yeah, all sorts of space. They they made spaces close to the like the prime spaces were near the food tunnels and things like that as well. But there was never there was never a famine. There was never yep. no food there. So they they there was no threat. They they had known threat of yep. not having food. Uh, so you know, removing all of those things, essentially, if we're thinking of mice cups, which yeah, are different to yeah. human needs, their their safety cup was full. Yep. There was no reason to have an empty safety cup given everything that was available to them. Their little um, connection cups because their yep. little society was... There was, was plenty there. of other mice to connect with. Uh, they they assigned roles, but it did seem to be that when the roles, well, you know, as as mice roles go, but there did seem to be that when the there roles wasn't were mice roles, as in ratatouille, yeah, there was no, there was no chef, chef. Mice. no, but there was there was uh, a, 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 there seemed to be like a saturation of roles, yeah, and so when that happened, that's that does seem to be the turning point, doesn't it, where things just started to really fall apart. Yeah, essentially that and and other things where those biological that was happening simultaneously around the same time that because other needs were being met, 
the mating went down, mm. you know, so that survival need was met. So normally in, if you're thinking physiological needs, if you go back to say Maslow, you know, sex is in the physiological need. Mm. They right? stopped having it. They stopped having mm. it. They yeah. stopped reproducing. Yeah. Which well, that was a bit fascinating. Actually, there was a, at the, at the peak of, uh, of having all the mice in there that they had in there, there was a, a particular distinct type of mouse that. So the the researcher was John Calhoun, and he called them the beautiful ones because all they did was groomed, ate, groomed. and slept. Yep. And they were beautiful. They had beautiful coats. They yep. were. Just uh, bright eyes. They looked quite inquisitive. They become really self-absorbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah all about yeah. themselves. They, they they weren't having sex, so they were just all grooming, yeah. eating, sleeping. And he said even though they looked inquisitive because of their bright eyes and they just looked the perfect specimen of a mouse, they were in fact very, very stupid. <laughs> no parallels given anywhere. We're just you make your own conclusions, what's, people. What you make your own conclusions. So there's, that was an interesting one where it was strange. Yeah. It was the the rise of the individualism. The loss of community started happening, and the individuals started coming out, didn't they? Mm. And it was really bizarre. Like the more mice that were there the more they started to focus on themselves. Yeah, right. And they certainly didn't need to cooperate to survive or cooperate no. to yeah. have food or or to reproduce or anything because that seemed to be taken care of for yeah. them and around them. So uh, so this it eventually just led into a hellhole of aggression. and Yeah, um, the roles that came out. Cannibalism even. Cannibalism. My gosh. And cannibalism young. The, the, the non-caring of their young. Oh yeah, the mortality just, of their young. Yeah, they just stopped it. The more, the more mice that were in the utopia, um, the less they cared for their nest and for their young. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it it really then it just turned to, it really started to turn bad. Yeah. So after all of the aggression started and the cannibalism, essentially they they died out. Yeah, they wiped the themselves out. Mm. They stopped producing enough, so they never even reached near their capacity. So they reached around the two thousand low two thousand two hundred, even though the capacity was around three thousand. Yeah. They they wiped themselves out before that. Okay, so like like to coverify this. Let's cover the. What would happen if human, if a particular population's human needs were all entirely met all the time? And uh, no, I'm not, <laughs> we're just drawing some parallels and thinking about what this we are not mice. Like. We know we're not we're, mice. We're not <laughs> mice, but this it was a it fun is, thought experiment. It is it? interesting to think about what would happen if so. And then I, I think about my own needs and okay, what would happen if I've got no will. No, yep. because, of course, the will to fill, for those of you who have been with us since episode yep. one, the will to fill is the empty part of the cup, right? Yep. It's, the, it's the emptiness that makes us choose behaviours to go about meeting that need. Yeah. And when the need is met, we, we don't need to choose behaviours to meet that need anymore. Yeah. So we'd move on to another need that does need meeting, yep. perhaps. So, so if, for example, our need for safety is entirely met all the time, in that we're able to sleep really well, we're able to eat really well, we don't feel unsafe in any relationships or within our environment. So that we we could almost imagine that being that we're yep. very lucky to live in a in a country that is not war torn. Yeah. Um, so that that's an easy one. To, to imagine. It would have to be, if you were going to imagine it, though, it is, a, I guess, this idea of utopia, so the mm. whole world. So he called it Universe 25. We would have to imagine that we had no, you know, no areas 
that did lack that. So we didn't have no developing mm. world. But even if we, what if we break this down to just a particular community or okay, particular yep. area or maybe an island or a country or, oh, we, or something? Are you bringing in too much of The Walking Dead? The, uh, the <laughs> we, community have been, that's... we have been a little bit obsessed with The Walking Dead. I'm always slow to pick up TV shows that yeah, everyone yeah. else has watched 10 like, years ago. I don't want to watch I've a only show just, about zombies. Yeah, I've no, only like, just watched yeah. Game of Thrones. I was a bit late to the party. So um, this is, yeah, no, they, it's constantly on my mind at the moment. The Walking Dead business, we should we should cover that another time. <laughs> so... <laughs> But the uh, no, I think that if we just think about okay, what would happen if our needs are met, and so this this is interesting, and it makes me really grateful for when my cups are a little bit empty yeah. or well, a lot the, empty. The purpose, the will, the need, the desire. Mm. The word need, it's in the word. The will yeah. to fill. It's the active nothingness. So it's active. So it is required. Mm. And, and automatically, when I started thinking about this. When I first read this article, I started thinking back to Viktor Frankl. So Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor. So in World War II, he was locked up in a concentration camp and he, he spent his time there trying to keep people alive by giving them meaning. He said those who had a, you know, the person who had a why could bear anyhow. So he was trying to keep meaning alive. Later on in his book, he, what, one of the things he notes that is what a person needs is not a tensionless state, but a worthwhile goal. So not a tensionless state, not having your needs met, but a worthwhile goal, because that worthwhile goal is what gives you meaning. And all of a sudden, these mice, they had a, they had a tensionless state, so mm. they had no meaning. Mm. So what was the striving? What, was, what would you strive towards if, all, if you had no meaning? Mm. So one could nearly um, assign that to, you know, the cup's version of meaning, but thinking about little, little mice versions of meaning, what is that? Mm. What does that look like? And I guess, I guess something that's constantly going around my head too is also what is a cup's version of meaning and that is, you know, we pull apart a bit of that in the book but um, it, it's that that's subjective as well yeah. and that's a Well, it's very... individual. So as much as the same way that there is 7 billion people in the world, there's 7 billion perspectives. So meaning is going to be the 7 billion different meanings as well. Mm. And then it also threw me on to Schopenhauer and he talked about the will. If we're talking about the... The will to fill, he just talks about will and everything, will that driving force that motivates you to do whatever those things are that you do, the behaviours that you choose. He says that when the will is satisfied is just as painful as the will when it's striving towards something. And that's interesting to think of too. Mm. That you're, you, he thought he called it a pendulum. He was a very misanthropop, but he, you know, he called it a pendulum of either striving, the suffering of striving towards something, or the suffering when you have when the will has been satisfied. Damn if in you this, do, and damn if this you don't. This kind of boredom, yeah. the either or, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, are, we need to take a moment to have gratitude for the will to fill the empty yeah. part of the cups, and it, and realize meaning, isn't it, it? Gives the us striving meaning. Towards Meaning mm. towards whatever it is you're doing. Meaning towards your safety. Meaning towards getting your connection met. Yeah. And if we think about purpose as well for a moment, purpose is – oh. And we talk about this a little bit in the book, but I think that purpose really fills your and is driven by your connection cup and your dominant cup. Yeah. And so your dominant cup being that part of your personality that really you know leans you towards a particular need or, or a couple of needs, if you have one, and uh, and connection uh, also you know that sense of belonging um, and acceptance and that that part of community. So that drives us to have this purpose and. And when our needs are all met, then we're losing purpose yep. as well entirely. Yeah. And, and so this... I love that, that what you've just said completely because mm. 
when that loss, when that individualism arises again, we lose that sort of half of that sense of purpose. Mm, Because the community, the connection, the belonging. Yeah. Thinking of um, Chris McCandless, the guy who famously wrote, there's a book called Into the Wild and he gives up everything he does and just goes on this trek. He burns all his money and walks off into the wilderness and just has this amazing exploration for a few years. But then what essentially happens is he crosses a river when it's frozen over, lives in this bus, just fills his freedom cup to the end. But then when he goes to come back, he can't get back. And then um, he essentially, he dies alone. But he's, in his journals that he finds... You're always full of fun stories. Yeah. <laughs> in his journal, though, he, he mentions that he, he just lacked the connection of the other people. And the best parts of his Freedom Cup, all of his adventures, were the people he met along the way as well. Mm. So he was filling his Freedom Cup and his Connection Cup. So for him, purpose, purpose was freedom and connection. Yeah. So, yeah. It is that connection part is so important to us as well, isn't it? And I, I like talking about this stuff because I find meaning and purpose really difficult concepts to grapple my head around and particularly how that's so individual for each of us and then what is it what is it even for you know how do we articulate yeah. it with words it's and so finding some way to cupify it helps a little bit I think yeah. uh, to work out what is what is your own purpose what is your own meaning I've been grappling this for 39 <laughs> years so don't, don't get me started on I'm this. not going to get you started it's just you get so frustrated about not knowing what the meaning of life is babe I realize that uh, but one day you'll stumble across it I don't think so <laughs> and then I'll be sure that you've lost it that, yeah that, that's yeah. what you can what also brings this up for me as well as reading this is who's utopia because there's a billion, as I said, there's seven different billion perspectives of mm. the meaning. There's also seven billion perspectives of utopia as well. You know, the greatest, you know, leaders of the world and the greatest, you know, despots of the world also had their view of utopia. Hitler had his own view of utopia. Trump had his own view. Even Biden has their own view. Every one of us has our view of what utopia looks like. Mm. But unfortunately, that's going to conflict with somebody else's view of what utopia is as well. Yeah. So there, there cannot be a utopia. Because we don't, we're not all the same. Well, yeah, we're always going to be in conflict with somebody else's idea yep. of what that is. Mm. Yeah. So there's always going to be those who are marginalised, which is the problem with utilitarianism. Is that there's always it, the greater good doesn't necessarily count everybody, and that's an issue. Mm. We're going into the deep dark spaces mm. there. So that, this is what it's like to live in my head. <laughs> it really is. So back to the mice and the very interesting cover flying that we were doing of that. The other, I think, to we better wind this up soon, but I think um, the other thing I was thinking about was if we just look at the most simplest form of Maslow's hierarchy and Maslow's work, which which the hierarchy really is a very, very simplified version of a, of a big depth and breadth of work that he did and one that he certainly thought differently about but towards the end of his career, but... If uh, in in this case, if if the mice had a hierarchy of needs that were motivating their behaviours, all of the needs were met, and as the hierarchy goes, then where they're at is self actualization, right? Like their needs for safety and security and have been met, and love and belonging, you would assume, have been met, and esteem. Of course, these are mice, so we're we're, they, we're, we're not sure where that fits there. But it, they would self-actualise. So if these were humans, then theoretically they would self-actualise. But what if we didn't? What if when all of our needs were met, we don't self-actualise? And, well, mm. there's a hole in Maslow's hierarchy here. Well, at the same time too, there's... You know, there's people who do self-actualizing tendencies mm-hmm. when some of their lower needs aren't being met either too. We've mm-hmm. seen that over and over through history as well where some people are rather up there being able to do those 
activities. So mm. th- that's also another, again, you don't say Maslow's hierarchy is wrong, but there's anomalies to it. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, he identified that himself. Mm. So yes, this is all very, very interesting stuff to look at. And, and this mice research is done in the 70s. So yeah, uh, it has, it's been a while even since they have done that. And I wonder if they've replicated yeah, it. it didn't look I'm also thinking, this just come to mind now, but this mm. idea of culture and history, we forget how important our culture and history is for us because we are a product of that. We're beings in the world. We identify with everything around us mm. and that relates somehow to where we've come from. So our consciousness, the way we think about things is a product of what's going on now mm. in our minds. So if these, this generation that keeps coming through, if their product and their, their history is just this utopian area, they've got nothing to, to bounce off. So their meaning again is gone. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's, very complex Ooh, stuff. It is. And I think that, well, this was done with mice. If it had a done, uh, done with uh, another perhaps chimpanzees or, or things that are actually able to have some, they are able to hold some idea of history and culture in a way. Did you just hear what? that a group of chimpanzees actually attacked and killed a group of gorillas? I know. It's really scary. The Planet of the Apes is coming. It's coming. They first. are able to cooperate. And take down they, a larger enemy. Yeah. I'm terrified. Yeah, right. So <laughs> this is terrifying. Uh, but, yeah, if, if that particular utopian research had been done with chimpanzees, I think they would have had a different yeah. outcome. And certainly uh, if if this happens with humans, it will have a different outcome. Yeah. But we can look at different cohorts of different areas of hum- well, in humanity well, currently. You can see the, the disparity between the developed world and the developing world. So we've mm. got 7 billion people in the world. Malthian, um, Malthusian. I don't know if I pronounce that right, says that eventually we've produced enough, we've got enough production though to, to feed 10 billion people right now. Mm. But it's not happening. We're keeping it for the, the developed world. So it's not like there's a lack of resources and there's not a lack of space because we're seeing that in the world right now because I hear keep people, so many times I see a post on Facebook saying, you know, people are the problem that we've, that we're, you know, we've overgrown our environment. It's not. We're just not sharing the resources. The carrying capacity of Earth can handle a lot more. We're just hoarding it all for ourselves. Yeah, that lack of distribution, yeah, it's... which didn't happen, interestingly, in this Mousetopia because of the way that it was set up. Yep. Uh, that, that it was actually, there, was, there wasn't, it wasn't even, it was a very yep. even distribution of food. Yeah. So yeah, like even removing that issue is yep. you know, it brings us back to these little anomalies that happened within that. And I think that the most <laughs> perfect one is the beautiful ones. I love that. <laughs> I lo- the individuals, the beautiful ones. I love that they spent just their time grooming and eating and groomed sleeping. all day and looked absolutely <laughs> stunning, but were were very very weren't stupid. Contributing much I- to the- <laughs> their environment they weren't mating I think that's pretty fabulous so uh, interesting stuff to be learned uh but you know it is a nice thought experiment to think well and and I think that the what I enjoyed most about it was just that moment to be able to stop and have gratitude for the will to fill even though sometimes I'm so like for example at the moment this week probably my to-do list has become bigger than I can handle and my mastery cup is is feeling like constantly I'm I'm driving and I'm being driven and and the wheel is huge and and uh, sometimes it feels quite empty. And then, yeah, today to be able to go, oh, gosh, I'm glad for that. Because if it was full, well, I'd be sitting on the couch watching Walking Dead all day for three Brushing days in hair. a row. Brushing my hair and preening myself. So. Uh, yeah, the will to fill lets you know you're alive. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So thank thank 
Thanks, everything Will. for that. <laughs> Thanks, Will. <laughs> All right, we'll end on that really random note and this particularly random podcast. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the mouse apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, Pop it in the comments. And, you know, as usual, reach out to us if you want to on uh, WhatsApp. Oh, guess what? What? We've got something really surprising coming Oh, we for forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. We've a got new a little, product. Got a little new product. Can't tell you what it is, mm. but it's pretty cool. It is cool. Accessible, mm. cool, affordable. Yeah. Amazing. It's but just... when we've been told and we'll be slapped on the wrists quite yeah. hard. So I'm not allowed to say what it is, but it is a lovely, uh, um, it's a lovely little thing we've been working on for you. So uh, we'll yeah. let you know when it's here. Yep. Yay. All right, peeps, we'll catch you soon. All right, bye. See ya. Bye.